Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. This is a weekly sports podcast. We like to call it the best couple of hours of your sports week. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, 12 Kyle. And again, this is Dead End Sports. We got a lot of stuff to cover. Of course, I will not be doing this podcast alone. Joining me are the homies. First up, my man, Beezy, 430. Beezy, what up, though? Damn it. Oh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm watching right now live oh. as we're recording this Tuesday night. Watching Duke and uh, Michigan State game, one of the college tip-off games tonight. True, Grayson Allen Basketball. just did y'all in, man. Wow. And so, it, like, right when Kyle kicked it off to me, they hit a three, like, bam, and I oh, that thing, <laughs> But yeah, man. Yeah, you know everything good. Everything good. Just uh, you know, checking out this college. Glad college basketball is back. Hoping oh, my yeah. Spartans they rank number two right now to start off the season. So hopefully they can stay up that high. Yeah, Sparty, Sparty's look coming in the season looking good, man. Also joining us is the homie Ken. Ken, what up, man? Man, what a tough way to start off the college basketball season with a Duke win. Yuck. <laughs> Yuck. But I got to give it up to Grayson, man. That was a that was a Big time three pointer he hit, Mister White Privilege himself. <laughs> um, yeah, man, everything is good, man. Um, back from L.A. So yeah, how, how was L.A., man? Uh, it was dope, man. Yeah, it was it was it was fun. It was dope. Uh, we had a good time um, up there. Took care of some things. Recorded. Video with company, man. Y'all go check that out. It's on the dead. I saw that, today. that was dope. I, I disagree yeah. with a lot of stuff was there, but I was a dope video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lu- Lupe. So did Lupe. <laughs> oh, for real? Lupe actually uh, said something about it? Yeah, he did. He messed with uh, uh, company, man. So he okay. recorded a super facts. IG, B, B told us about it, and we, uh, we we ended up watching it. And um, and yeah, yeah, he he he. Took umbrage with uh, something Mike said when he referred to uh, the artist as my artist. So, <laughs> so yeah, typical, typical Lupe, man. But yeah, I love so it. Gonna, I, I got to go check that out. Yeah, if, if it's still up, if it's not, let me know. I, I record. I got the audio. I'll shoot it over okay. to you. Okay. You cool. Know, cool. People be deleting stuff and acting like it didn't exist or they didn't say it. So you gotta right. have that document. Gotta have those receipts. Oh yeah, gotta have, yeah, man. Yeah. That's what it's all about. So, People bringing receipts, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got a chance to check it out. Shout out to Company Man and um, uh, all all Def Digital, man. They they oh, do yeah, a great yeah, job yeah. over Justin there, man. Styles. Great yeah, job yeah, over yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. So good, yeah, if y'all, yeah. So if y'all listening to this, the uh, the the podcast episode just talking about you know our experience up there. Um, We'll be out tomorrow on uh, Is the Mic Still On? So make sure you guys subscribe to that and check it out. And uh, hear about the uh, the adventures in L.A. Um, so that'll be live tomorrow. True indeed, true indeed. And the homie FIFO is coming through in just a few. So uh, we'll get it cracking, man. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, like, like Ken said, they were in L.A. 
last week, so we did not have a podcast. So this is our first time coming back in the last two weeks. Um, so let's get it started, man. Uh, B, I'll start first with you. What stood out to you, uh, whether it be Major League Baseball, college football, NBA, or NFL this past week? Um, Auburn's putting the stump down on Georgia. Uh, <laughs> yes. Putting the stump down on Georgia. And it was funny because as that game was going, Ken was like, yep, he voted. This is why you never trust Georgia teams. Like, you, you know, this was the game that was going to pretty much get them over the hump. They got past Auburn. We was looking at it pretty much a clash of the undefeated in the SEC championship game between uh, Alabama and Georgia. And speaking of Alabama, they caught them a, a, a scare against mm. Mississippi State. Man, Nick Saban was out there all having all types of uh, types of almost heart attacks. Uh, <laughs> not to be saying that because I know I know people listening that has family members that suffered a heart attack or anything like that. But just the the expression of his face and the way he was looking, I thought he was about to go out there and fight somebody. Um, so yeah, uh, Alabama caught a, a, a scary one. Um, What's another one that stood out? Uh, is my Pistons are they for real? Um, I, I, it's like Looking I'm sitting good. back waiting. Uh, I'm sitting back waiting for them to like come back to reality and be like a 500, a little bit under 500 team. But they right now sitting with the second best record in the East, tied for the second best record in the NBA with, along with Golden State and Houston Rockets, which is crazy to me right now. Um, so yeah, uh, that's the thing that stood out, man. Yeah, that college football, man. Georgia and Auburn, man. I was just like, wow, like. Georgia had it. I mean, they still gonna end up probably playing in the, in the SEC championship game because, you know, they have the best record in the SEC East. But uh, yeah, this 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 takes the this sucks the life out of them. Now, this it, unless they can beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, is the only way I can see them making it that that making the playoff. But other than that, dang Georgia. But and this also makes it very interesting for Auburn and Alabama in two weeks because mm-hmm. now Auburn looks. You know, Auburn, they got some confidence now. You know what I'm saying? They 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 playing with a lot of confidence. And now this Iron Bowl is gonna be is gonna mean a lot more now going into this in a couple of weeks. The week of I think it's gonna be Thanksgiving weekend when they play each other. So mm-hmm. yeah, man. I'm I'm looking forward to that Auburn and Alabama game. And it's gonna be an Auburn too. So Ooh. yeah, it's, it's gonna be crazy. Man. Jordan here will be rocking. Yeah, it's gonna be rocking, man. So yeah, that's that's the stuff that stood out for me this weekend in, in sports. Okay. Okay. Ken, what about you? What uh, what stood out to you uh, across the board uh, this past week? Um. Well, first, uh, the first thing is um. Uh, Florida. I'm not Florida, but um. Fort Valley State University losing, um, to Tuskegee, uh, for Ooh. the SEAC championship. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That game was on ESPN three. Uh, we have family members uh, that. Our alumni there, so they were all were watching that over the weekend, and yeah, it was like last I heard it was twelve nine, um, with like two something minutes to go. So that was the last score I heard. I don't know the official score, but it don't matter. They they lost, but um, but salute to them boys, man, because I mean, you know, they um back to back, man. They had a chance to go back to back. And I, and I remember the coach that they had before, he just couldn't win the big game. Like, he mm. would always need to win that one game to get to the final, to get to the championship, and <laughs> he just he, – he could never win the big game. And they replaced him with the new guy they have who used to be a, a, a DB. I think he used, to, he used to play in the NFL for the Jets and the Chiefs. And um, 
And yeah, since he came on board, they won it last year, and this year they had a chance to win it again. They start, they have a tendency to start off slow, and finish strong, and they did that again this year. So uh, salute to them. But yeah, that was a tough loss for for them. Um, Jacoby Brissett, man, I, I got to salute that brother, man. Um, I'm not watching football, but I look at the box scores, man, and I got to say, man, that brother, that brother's doing his thing on a team that really isn't all that good. Um, so he seems to be handling himself really, really well. He was thrown into a situation in, in which I think he wasn't prepared to succeed. And if I'm the Buffalo Bills, we know Tyrod Taylor ain't, ain't it. So unless y'all get a quarterback, man, somebody needs to be looking <laughs> at him. Um, unless luck, uh, you know, uh, because luck will be back next year. So, um, salute to that we brother. We think luck will be back next year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, probably one of the best games of the weekend, Miami smashing Notre Dame, Mm. Miami smashing Notre Dame because everybody jumped on that Notre Dame bandwagon as they do every single year, knowing good and damn well, Notre Dame is not deserving of the credit that they always get. They're living off. This this legacy, this pedigree that they that they had in the past, and those days are over, man. So salute to Miami for uh, for coming back and and doing the thing. Uh, but we had Mark Ritt before here in Georgia. He's setting y'all up. <laughs> He's setting y'all up for heartbreak. So so enjoy it now. But right, right when you think you onto something, mm-hmm. you're gonna lose that game. You shouldn't have lost, and it may happen yes, this week. Every year, every year, and the la- every year, man. We we've been through this before. Uh, back to what B was saying, man. Kirby Smart, man. Everybody was thinking he was the one, and then he got smashed. Uh, I don't have much to add on that, but but um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. And um, triple double nothing, man. Triple double nothing. Lons Noball uh, <laughs> became the youngest player. To score a triple double and people act like that means something because he surpassed LeBron uh, for the record. Man, triple doubles are great, but they're losing like what they really used to mean back in the day because everybody seemed to be getting them now. And that's a great accomplishment by Lon's no ball. But when we saw LeBron, we knew he had it. When you watch Dennis Smith play, you know he got it. When you see De'Arian Fox, you're like, man, that boy got it. But when you watch Lonzo, we like, eh, I don't know. So mm-hmm. him getting a triple-double, I mean, anybody can get one nowadays. So I don't think people should jump all over that and hey, look at that as a projection. Hey, Ken, What's up, B? Hey, give me give – me, I know you said you wanted to touch on, like, what you saw when y'all went to the Lakers game when y'all was at L.A. during the weekend. You said you saw something – in him and like the crowd saw it too. What was that? So all right, so he he has no emotion. He has he acts like he doesn't care. He has Jay Cutler syndrome. Ooh. And what I mean by that is that people used to always say that Jay Cutler throw a turnover and it looked like he didn't like the game didn't matter to him. Lon's no ball is very stoic, very reserved. He 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 doesn't get up or he doesn't get down. So one of the things that I noticed was that during a timeout, when he wasn't in the game, he was just sitting on the bench. He's not mm. in, interacting with his teammates and, um, and and doing any of that stuff. He's just he's just there. 
He's not in the huddle. He's not talking to the coach. The way you see him plays on the court is the way he always is. Just no sense of urgency, no aggression, no leadership qualities, nothing at all. So when when Jason Kidd kind of scoffed at them making that comparison on first take and said it, he said it wasn't even close or whatever he said, he's right because Lonzo Lonzo is the complete opposite of his dad. If you had if you gave Lonzo his dad's personality, Lonzo would be out there killing it some kind of way. But he was passing up open like B. And if you watch the game, it was it was in the third quarter or third or fourth quarter, and he came around the corner, and he was wide open for a mid-range shot, and he kind of semi-pump fake and didn't, didn't shoot the ball and passed it. I'm like, Raph and I, we're like, what are you doing? <laughs> so that's that. But we already knew he was passing. But to watch it play out live, is like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Like, so that's that, and, and, and the you, other, huh? and you know what, I, you know what I hate too. I don't mean to cut you off. Like no, they showed, you know, Lonzo Ball's first eight games, and then they showed Jason Kidd eight games, and the stats, and they was like pretty identical. But you can't, you can't, you know, add in the intangibles that Jason Kidd brought. Like yeah, they stats was the same, and a little bit better percentage. But Jason Kidd, even as a rookie. You can tell he was a leader, like you said. He was, he was, he was in teammates' face. He was, try, he was playing aggressive, even though he was shooting twenty some percent. He was still, he was still making plays without scoring. And it's like we're not seeing that same urgency with Lonzo Ball. Yeah, they got the same exact stats they first eight games. But we all know, me and you, we all know when you watching Ball, Jason Kidd that game, regardless if he shot fourteen percent. He can still take over the game without even scoring. That's because of Jason Kidd was just that, that, that dynamic. So yeah, that that comparison was like I would have laughed too if I was Jason Kidd. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was ahead. hilarious, man. I, and, and the thing about it is that like when when Jason Kidd and, and Kyle, you may remember this, but you may re- remember it a little bit. Jason Kidd was that like that dude, and and when I was in high school. Oh no like, question. People yeah. talked about him when he was in college. So yep. he when had he was a fan yeah, Lazo didn't have that that and I'm talking about I'm in Mississippi and we didn't have all the games like that, right? But you heard about Jason Kidd all mm-hmm. the way in Meridian, Mississippi. So Lazo was hyped by his dad and college and we have all this media that kind of covers it and put these guys on this pedestal in the forefront of these guys to watch. But back then your your game and your reputation is what carried you and got you noticed. And when you came to the NBA, we already heard about you because we didn't get a chance to see you play. So we're, we're, we're in front of the, the – the whenever we got a chance to watch you play, we're watching you play. And that was the thing about Kid. He had a high motor. The last thing about uh, what, what, what I noticed is that L.A. really wants him to win, but they're growing frustrated. Um, they're, they're becoming tired. And Kuzma – is the one that they're starting to really get behind because Kuzma has is very aggressive. Kuzma think he's the best player on the court. Kuzma think he's the best player on the court. And he says some things about, like, he, he thinks highly of himself and his game. Like, he wants to be up there with the LeBrons and the KD. We don't know if he has the talent to do it, but his mindset is there. And the crowd loves Kuzma. And they're they're they want Lonzo to be that guy, and they're trying to root him on and cheer him and give him that energy, but he's not receiving it. 
And meanwhile, he's losing favor to Kyle Kuzma. And I don't know, man. Like, I'm going to give him his 30 games like somebody asked me on Twitter. But how long does it take for us to know what's what, man? That's a good point. It, it, it's I've heard, I've, you know, again, what, what you said really has been kind of resonating around the NBA community. He, I, I think his personality kind of, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, <laughs> all, all in the ball family uh, a little later in the podcast. But um, yeah, he, he's a laid back kind of dude. And it's, you know, I guess it translates to the court, I guess. I don't know. Um, but that's, that's, if, if you observe that, and fans already observing that, and I do agree with you. You know, people do want to see this kid win, or at least some people. At least LA, let me rephrase that. LA fans want to see him win. So, um, but yeah, we'll talk about the ball family uh, in just a few. Um, let's see what stood out to me over the weekend, like this past week uh, in college basketball. My man uh, Patrick Ewing got his first win at Georgetown. So salute to him. Uh, in Major League Baseball, my man Aaron Judge. Uh, you guys know I'm a Yankees fan. Uh, Aaron Judge ran away with the uh, American League Rookie of the Year, so salute to him. Uh, college football, Butch Jones is out at Tennessee. Um, I don't. I think Stevie Wonder saw it coming. Butch Jones really sounded surprised that he got fired, but he hadn't won any game. He really didn't win like they'd expected him to, and you know he's just another guy, and so. Uh, Tennessee is now searching for a new head coach. Um, also in college football, and I, being a Florida State fan, I hate to admit this, but Ken, you you, you can appreciate this, man. The turnover chain, <laughs> Miami, <laughs> Miami with the thirty-six inch Figueroa turnover chain. It's it's the rave of college football, and you know, I mean, as much as I hate Miami, as much as I want them to lose, yo, when that turnover chain comes out, man, they get amped. I mean, like, it, it's something to play for, and it's something that's brought a level of excitement to Miami. And I keep people, I, I keep hearing people say, is the U back? No, the U ain't back. Miami's back. But that, I don't think we can ever call them the U because the U, you know, they, that, that era of Miami football was something totally different from what we see now. But it needs to be retired. Retire the yeah, U. exactly. <laughs> exactly. You got to because you'll never have that kind of, you know, uh, swag or that or those kind of athletes, you know, all on one team. But um, but yeah, man, the, the turnover chain, man. As much as I hate Miami, the turnover chain is kind of hype. Um, NBA, uh, what stood out? Uh, interesting stat I saw the other day. Uh, LeBron now, LeBron turns thirty three, I think, next month. Um, he's averaging thirty eight point three minutes a game. This is his highest mark since the. 2010-2011 season with Miami. Um, that's a lot of minutes. You know, I that's something I'm going to keep my eye on. And I know he's probably having to log more minutes now because with uh, Isaiah Thomas being, Thomas being out. But that's a lot of minutes for a guy. And, and LeBron has a lot of mileage on it. Now, he's a tremendous athlete. So I, I think he'll be okay. But my concern, if there is one, is for LeBron come – May and June playoff time. You know, the, these minutes could take its toll on him as they push, you know, toward the Eastern Conference Finals as well as the NBA Finals. Um, NFL, a couple of things stood out to me. Um, welcome back, Teddy Bridgewater, man. Uh, salute to that brother, man. I saw him on, I saw him uh, this past weekend on TV uh, in tears uh, just before the Redskins played the uh, 
Minnesota Vikings. You guys remember Teddy Bridgewater had a horrific knee injury. Uh, there were some reports that if he had not gotten to the medical, if he had not gotten the medical attention that he did as quickly as he did, he could have died on the field, um, you know, from the loss of blood and, and just the destruction that he had in his knee. You know, his doctors originally said they would be surprised if he walked again, let alone be playing again. But there he was on the sideline, suited up. Uh, he is now the backup quarterback, but I, I'm he's been activated. So, you know, the Vikings at some point, I, I don't know if you I don't know if they're necessarily looking to get rid of Case Keenum just yet. But, you know, at some point, Teddy Bridgewater is going to play this year. So salute to that brother for making it back. Um, as much as I hate to say it, man, the Saints, nobody's talking about the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints are seven or two. They lost their first two games. And they're on a seven-game winning streak, and they're they're doing it running the ball and playing defense. I haven't seen the Saints play defense in years like this. So, you know, people are talking Philly, man, but you 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 can't sleep on the Saints right now. They they got it rolling. Um, in New York, uh, McAdoo, or I call him McAdont. Um, McAdoo's done. Head coach, New York Giants, he's done. I'm surprised that the Giants have not fired this man already. I think that the Giants is not a, a knee-jerk reaction type of team, so they're probably going to let him. Uh, you know, stay there until the end of the season. But the Giants have just been a train wreck. And, you know, mm-hmm. the the I just remember watching a press conference the other day and they asked McAdoo what did he say to his team at halftime. And he didn't say anything. And he was just speechless. And so he's going to get canned. Uh, Ken, you know, we, we pro brother. They got the Giants have a brother GM, Jerry Reese, uh, who's been the GM for the last 11 years. I'm pretty sure he's going to be let go as well. Uh, salute to Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan this weekend became the 19th quarterback to pass for 40,000 yards, and he did it in 151 games. Uh, so he was the quickest player to do that. So uh, he's on a pretty quick path. Um, but you know, none of that stuff matters unless he gets the Super Bowl ring. Um, and uh, speaking of the Falcons, man, shout out to Adrian Claiborne, six sacks now against the Cowboys. Now we know that Ezekiel Elias is on is on this suspension, and did did Dallas miss Ezekiel Elliott? Of course they did. But it looked to me more like they really missed Tyron Smith, the left tackle, the all-pro te- left tackle for the Cowboys. Uh, his replacement, um, Adrian Claiborne, beat him like a drum, sacked Dak Prescott six times. I think the Falcons had eight sacks. Adrian Claiborne was one sack shy of the uh, of Derek Thomas's sack record. And now here's the thing that you got to keep in mind. Adrian Claiborne has only had six, more than six sacks in one season of his seven years in the NFL. And he got six this past Sunday against the Cowboys. So salute to him. And um, last but not least, man, you know, sometimes this is good to know people. Uh, many of you listening, you guys are familiar with what's going on with Meek Mill uh, and his case as far as being going back to jail. But uh, they had a rally uh, yesterday in Philadelphia for Meek Mill. And who shows up to the rally but the legendary Dr. J. So, hey, man, sometimes it's good to know people. It's good to have people come and, and represent on your behalf. Uh, we don't know how the case is going to play out for me. But, um, you know, if you can get, get sports idols like like Dr. J in the city of Philadelphia to come step out and rep for you, hey, you might have a chance. Um, so now let's t- – oh, before I forget, last point that I wanted to make, uh, shout out and salute to Colin Kaepernick. Uh, he was named um, – what is it? GQ's – citizen of the year so while he does not have a job that is a great honor and um it's it's great to be recognized you know considering his circumstances but he has been recognized by gq magazine 
citizen of the year. Um, now let's take it to the NFL. Um, <laughs> since we last spoke, uh, Roger Goodell and Jerry Jones, well, Roger Goodell is actually in the process of trying to renegotiate his contract with the NFL. Um, and Jerry Jones is, you know, being a player hater. He, he, Jerry Jones is, you know, he's got a, he's got an axe to grind with uh, Roger Goodell. Um, so Jerry Jones, you know, who actually advocated for for Roger Goodell this this past summer at the owners' meeting, but you know, you you can put two and two together. Jerry Jones was, you know, told that Ezekiel Elliott wouldn't get suspended. Zeke gets suspended. Jerry turns and reverses the other way. So now he is hell bent. And even has even has gone as far to insinuate that he could possibly sue the other owners if they let Roger Goodell's new contract go through. Um, so with that being said, B, how do you think this thing is going to play out, man? Oh, that if Goodell going to get his 50 mil? Well, not just that, but I mean, as far as what the beef or if if you will, a conflict between he and uh, Jerry Jones, how do you think it, all of that's going to play out? Um, I think it's it's just the whole beef thing between like you know, I think Jerry Jones is not getting his way with the whole Zeke, you know, Ezekiel Elliott situation, and I think Jerry Jones is being a big billionaire crybaby at that. At, but I do, but but you know, Roger Goodell demands for his um contract. That's crazy, dude. Lifetime jet and what lifetime of uh, family insurance, man. Yeah, it's yeah. like. Right. Roger Goodell is asking for a contract that will pay him $50 million a year. 50 million a year and, and in a lifetime of a private jet. Lifetime use of a private yep, jet. I would, as well as, I sure as, damn would. As well mm-hmm. as, as, well as uh, and, lifetime and a, free And a lifetime supply terms. of fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, I, I just think, yeah, I, th- I think Jerry Jones is kind of showing his billionaire crybaby ways, man, with this whole situation. This is because he's not getting his way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think if it was any, you know, because this thing, like you said, he was just praising this dude. Oh, great job of Goodell doing a, you know, awesome job with the whole, you know, with the NFL and stuff. You were just praising this man months ago. I think he said some good things about him even last year, too. And it's like now all of a sudden you taking all that back because you're not getting your way. It's like, come on, man. So, yeah, I just look at it as he just being a billionaire crybaby. Um, just man up. Look, if if anything, he should have took Ezekiel should have took that uh punt that six game suspension. He'd have been back already, balling. Mm-hmm. Get it out the way. Let him, you know, chalk that up. Learn, lesson learned, and keep it going. But you know, it's just you know, I think it's just Jerry Jones being Jerry Jones being a big old baby man, just because he's not getting his way. Mm-hmm. Ken, how do you think yeah, this I, thing's gonna shape out, man? I, I think the reasons why he's trying to sue them. It's a little ridiculous. So if he's trying to sue them over Goodell's contract and the way this is being handled, um, I don't know if that'll work. Now, will Jerry Jones try and do it because he think he can? Absolutely. You know, he's one of the only gyms that we hear from on a day-to-day basis, which is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But that's who he is, and um, that's part of his marketing strategy. Um, but what I do like most about this whole situation is that I like that the owners are like, all right, man, enough's enough. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're sick of this. This is getting ridiculous. Um, so we're going to kick you out. How about that? <laughs> Catch me outside. How about that? And, <laughs> and, and that was it. They're not letting him bully uh, Goodell or the, um, the NFL, and they're saying that you're not bigger than the rest of us. 
And look, man, we all know how negotiations go. So that whole thing about the jet and the health, you know, look, they're going to make $18 billion and mm, billion with a B. Yeah. What's $50 million if I'm making that happen? That's probably nothing for them. That's probably $50,000, $1,000, you know, uh, salary or something like that. You know, so, nah, man, they'll they'll be, you know, fine in paying that. I, I would ask for $50 million if I was him, too, you know, um, <laughs> because I'm making you. It's all about that thing, right, where you see, you just happen to see somebody else paycheck. <laughs> And mm-hmm. you start, and you know, you know about counting other people's money. You shouldn't do it. But Je- Goodell is aware of how much money these people are making that he's about to make them. And he's been a part of that. And he feels like he needs to get his cut. And I don't blame him. I'll, I'll ask for I'll ask for it, too. So, yeah, give me the now the private jet for life is a little extreme. But I don't know. They can afford it. <laughs> they can I don't know, it. man. I don't so, know. I, I and and maybe I, I I've never flown privately, but um, you know, I, I heard it's pretty dope. And you know, Raj Raj is about that life, man. He he, he ain't trying to go back. He ain't trying to be sitting in you know in the back of the plane. I'm mean, I'm pretty sure anytime he flies, he flies first class. But you know, it's like you know when you when you flying and you know you you. You used to fly the black back of the plane, and then when you could afford to fly first class, you start flying first class. Once you start flying first class, you ain't really trying to go back to coach, you know. So I get it. And and then here's the thing too that I really understand, you know, is it 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 goes without saying. Anytime, like you said, Ken, with negotiations, it ain't about what you're worth. It's about what somebody's willing to pay. So Rogers out here taking these bullets for these players. You know, he he's you know he's been he has to play the middleman, you know, because he has been hard on the players. You know, we've seen him come down with an iron fist, and we've also seen him take some L's in court. And he's also taken the brunt of the, you know, PR, the the bad PR, if you will, and negative criticism as well. So, um, you know, so he's seen both sides of it. And I think, you know, he drew a line in the sand when he said, look, I'm not going to stop these players. I'm not going to draw up anything to make them stand. It's not a part of our you know, what we have written. And so I'm not going to make them do that. And that drew the ire of a lot of owners and um, Jerry Jones in particular. And so, you know, he's asking for a lot. And I I find it interesting that he wants, you know, he wants basically free health care for he and his family for the rest of his life when, you know, the players that are playing that we watch every Sunday don't get that. Yeah, yeah, the players that we're watching – they don't get free health care for the rest of their life. In fact, the NFL goes out of its way to prove that the injuries that most of these players that have that they have, uh, they can't get, you know, like you got to really jump through a whole bunch of hoops just to prove that the injuries that you have, you didn't have them prior to you playing football. So, you know, I get why why he's asking for that. But I think, yeah, Jerry Jones just being a hater, man. I mean, he's being a hater. And none of this would have happened had not Zeke been suspended. But Zeke got suspended because of what he did. He didn't get suspended because of something else. And, you know, there's no Jerry Jones is not about accountability. You know, we saw him do the same thing with um, uh, Greg Hardy. 
you know, he was out there defending Greg Hardy and going to bat for Greg Hardy. And then these pictures show up where Greg Hardy just beat the shit out of this woman. And, you know, and then he didn't have anything to say. You know, so Jerry Jones is about the cow. And I, I said this on the previous podcast. And I'll say it again. He's about himself. He's about his money. And he's about the Cowboys. That's it. And, you know, they're the the other owners basically have said, look, if you sue us, we'll put you in a situation where you're like Donald Sterling, where we'll take the Cowboys from you. Now, I that would be a legal battle that he probably would take to, to his grave. Um, I don't think that would happen. Um, Sterling, you had a case, you had a really strong case for taking it, taking this team from it. And to be honest, I'm still surprised that they were, they were pull it off. Um, and different scenarios, different sports, but, um, yeah, Jones just being a hater, man. I think the way this thing will eventually play out is that, you know, Goodell's going to get his contract done because basically to, to stop the contract from happening, you need, I think they need the signature of 24 owners. And I think right now uh, Jerry Jones has two two owners, two of the thirty two owners in his corner. So he doesn't have enough votes basically to uh, to 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 stop this. So it's going to happen. And uh, you know the compensation committee, uh, who's headed by uh, Falcons owner Arthur Blank, uh, which was interesting because this past weekend uh, the Cowboys were here in town playing the the Falcons, and Jerry Jones and Arthur Blank did not cross paths. Uh, prior to the game, nor after the game. So, um, and plus, you know, <laughs> Jerry Jones don't want no smoke, man. Arthur Blank beat the shit out of Jerry Jones. I mean, if we if we want to we want to keep it real. <laughs> so, <laughs> in fact, I would be down for that. You know, rich you know rich folks don't fight. Rich, rich folks good. They fight in court. They they ain't about that throwing hands. But um, if I had to put money on it, I, I'm putting everything I got on Arthur Blank. Um, as far as the NFL, man, we uh, also NFL news um, this past Thursday, we saw uh, Richard Sherman go down with the torn Achilles. Uh, he is out for the season. Um, you know, we've seen a couple other stars and we, this this season and it happens every year. But this season in particular, man, it seems like it's been a ton of, uh, you know, the biggest stars of the game going down to injuries. So, you know, anytime that happens, you start hearing a lot of talk about the Thursday night football games. Um, Richard Sherman, Doug Baldwin, Ben Roethlisberger just yesterday we were saying, uh, you know, that they shouldn't be playing games on Thursday night. Uh, and normally when you start hearing this chatter, you know that this is going to be a point of contention when it comes to the new CBA when they go to uh, negotiate. So, Ken, I'll start right there with you. I know you don't normally I know you're not watching this season, but. You know, two part question. What do you think is going to happen in these Thursday night games? And when you were watching, did you watch Thursday night games? No, no, I didn't watch Thursday night football. Um, and I keep up with what's going on, like first take and all the debate shows mm-hmm. keep me abreast of everything that's happening. Um, I just don't give the NFL my ratings, but I keep up with what's going on um, with the sport uh, through other platforms and uh, and Twitter. But uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Thursday night football is a disaster. And I'll just say that from a fantasy football perspective. Because mm. I've been playing fantasy football for damn near 20 years now. And since they've introduced Thursday night football, it's, it's been horrible to the point you don't even want to play any of your players that you have on your team on Thursday because you know – that the game and their production is is going to suffer. 
Um, there's been plenty of conversation, plenty of think pieces. The players are speaking out. They're letting you know that Thursday night football games, a money grab, is impacting their ability to put out a quality product. And not only that, is putting their health at risk. And we need stars in order for some of us to even watch or care about the game. Exactly what I was going to say. So, <laughs> so, yeah, man, you got to – they got to do something about that, man, because, um, you know, just from what, just from the quality, right, just from sitting there watching it, it's tough. It's tough for those guys to get out there and to recover and then to play another game three or four days later – Practice is rough. They don't have time to prepare properly. Their bodies haven't fully healed. So, yeah, Thursday night football is horrible. I don't think they're going to end it anytime soon simply because it's another revenue stream for them. And, you know, they'll continue to uh, to, to make that money. Uh, you know, for the NFL, it's MOB. <laughs> 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 B, what about you, man? Uh, Thursday night games, man. How do you think this thing is going to uh, shape out? And uh, do you actually watch the games? And if y'all don't no, know what I that don't... means, look. Hey, wait, hold on. If y'all don't know what that means, <laughs> just look it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you went back. Yeah, to I that don't, one. yeah. But, um, yeah, um, you know, I've never been a fan of Thursday night uh, football. But, you know, of course, when money gets to talking and revenues get to talking, then, hey, you know, what can you do? But I think they I think they really gonna have to seriously look at this and, and see for one, for the most part, you the quality of football that you're getting is not good quality football, you know. Mm-hmm. Like Ken said, you got guys that's playing that just play Sunday and now you're asking them to recuperate within three days and play another bang out game, and then you know, the chance of you suffering injuries is 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 pretty high. And we just see that example with Richard Sherman. And other players have gotten injured on Thursday night football. You know, it, it's insane, man. But, you know, I don't – I agree with Kim, man. I don't think it's going away. As long as they bringing in, you know, millions and billions and billions of dollars, you know, they're going to look at this like, well, why should we get rid of this? Because that's going to – you know, we're going to lose some money. We're going to lose money if we do this. But mm-hmm. you also – quality of your product. And then if you keep doing this, your product fades away. You out there looking stupid. We, we need to have the superstars – playing games so we can that, that makes people interested in watching the games when you had a superstars playing no nobody want to watch the game when you got you know top-notch guys you know and not saying Aaron Rodgers got hurt on Thursday night I'm just saying Aaron Rodgers out you know see mm-hmm. if you just had a league where you had Aaron Rodgers out Tom Brady out John McCoy uh Le'Veon Bell out like you just like all the players is out and you you know it's like people is not going to be interested in watching except for the you know the die-hard fans that just are your teams but other than that, you know, the casual fans are gonna be like, "Well, oh man, I want to check out, see what um, you know, Antonio Brown doing." Oh, he ain't playing. Well, I ain't about to watch <laughs> this game. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I think they should get rid of it, but I just don't think it's gonna go away anytime soon, unless something catastrophic happens with Thursday like, night product, like Brady getting hurt. Yeah, right. Like if, if, a golden, if a golden boy or something gets hurt on Thursday night football and Brady starts complaining, like Brady and Rogers, Drew Brees, like if they start complaining about it, trust me, something happened. But as of right now, they like, look, we making that money. Y'all getting that money. So let's keep getting this money. So right. we're not going to get rid of it. 
Yeah, man, I, I agree. I think it's uh, I, I, I can't even really say I watch Thursday night football. A lot of times, man, it's on. Um, and for anybody at the end, and I'm I'm pretty sure there's more than a few people at the NFL uh, office that's listening to this podcast. Um, especially now that basketball, the NBA is back. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching Thursday night football. I have no reason why because. I can watch a NBA game on TNT that's three times better and more exciting than whoever you got on Thursday night. Period. You give me a Thursday night lineup of any game, any remaining games that, that's remaining for the rest of this season, and then you pair it up against whatever's on TNT that particular night. And I'm pretty sure. And and TNT. And here's the here's the thing that nobody's talking about, fellas. The NBA's ratings are up. Like 25% right now. 25%. So the NFL can't even say, well, our ratings are down because people have options. The same people got the same options. The thing is, is that you have a better product on the basketball court than you have on the football field on a Thursday night. I will turn to, think about it like this, guys. On a Thursday night, you got an NBA game, you have a college football game, and you have a basketball game. I mean, excuse me, you've got a basketball game, NFL, and NBA. So, no, nah, it's it's not – I'm not watching it. And it's not I, – I love football. It's not that I'm, you know, anti-football or anything like that. It's just the quality of the play on Thursday nights are bad. Most of the time – I can almost tell you what's going to happen. Most of the time, the home team is going to win. It's going to be sloppy. It's going to be ugly. And what I've noticed is, is a trend is that – the team who's ho- who has the the ho- whoever the home team is, they're usually that previous Sunday you, they've usually played at home, so you know that makes it that much easier for them. Think about it. You if you're playing at home and you just had a home game on Sunday, you know at least you you have somewhat of an advantage because you know your preparation everything like that you you're right there. You know, but for the away team, you know they played on maybe they played at home on Sunday. Now they got. <laughs> I can't even call it practice because you got a couple of days. You got to lift weights. You got to do this, do that, film study the whole night. You're really not practicing between that and Thursday. You got to spend one day for travel. So, no, nah, it's it's not good. But I agree with you, uh, Ken and B. Um, it's not going anywhere until they negotiate it because, you know, the bottom line is the owners make money off of Thursday night games. The players make money off Thursday night games. And nobody's trying to give up that bag. But at some point, you got to you got to throw caution to the wind. It's. You know, it's it's not it's not good. And again, bro, I can watch the Clippers and OKC on Thursday night and I will get more entertainment out of that game. And think about it like this. The and going back to the NBA ratings, the NBA ratings generally aren't that high this time of year. Right. You know, remember how we always say, man, yeah, the NBA season starts after, you know, it starts Christmas. Mm -mm, Not this year, brother. (laughs) This year they are going head to head. Check, go to your Google machine and check it out. The NBA is doing major numbers right now. And, you know, people can say, oh, it's, it's the, it ain't about the protest. People under, they understand what's a good product. And right now, the NBA's winning. And I can't blame them. But Thursday night football, nah, man. I'm not, I don't want any parts of it. It's, it's just, it's not good. It, and if it's on, to be honest, if it's on in my house, it's, it's background noise. I'm not paying attention to it. Now, you know, if your team is playing B, if your if your Lions are playing, I'm pretty sure you'll watch. But you know, I'm I I'm I, I don't want no parts of it. FIFA, yeah, what's yeah, going on, man? I was on mute, my bad. Okay. No, you're all good. We yeah. uh 
we're talking about uh, Thursday Night Football, man. Uh, what's your take on it? Uh, we've had a, a ton of players this year get injured. We saw Richard Sherman, uh, unfortunately, blow out his Achilles on this past Thursday, playing Thursday Night Football. But with the rash of injuries to these stars, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, people wanting to get rid of Thursday Night Football. Uh, what's your take on it? And do you watch Thursday Night Football? Um, I, I don't watch Thursday night football. Um, like you said, Kyle, I definitely would rather watch a basketball game. And, and, and everybody that's listening to the show for as many years, or if you're brand new, I, I'm I'm a basketball guy more so than a football guy. Football is secondary for me, so I always watch a better basketball or almost any basketball game over a football game. But um, no, I, I definitely think that they need to get rid of it mainly because of the short week. Football is a an extremely physical contact sport. And your body needs time to recover. If you just played, you know, the previous week on Sunday and then you have to play a Thursday game, that's not enough time for your body to recover. It, it's just not not at that level. Um, so and, and, and you hit the nail on the head with all of the injuries, even outside of the Thursday night games. But, you know, obviously Richard Sherman getting hurt. I, it's just it's a bad product. And like you said, the, the people. The fans know what a good product is. They're going to place value. And if you don't follow the community, if you don't follow where the viewership is going and try to understand why they are moving toward that direction, then you, then you, you're you part of a, of a culture that's going to die off eventually. Mm-hmm. And, and the NFL is at a disadvantage because this is the only country that enjoys that type of football. The, like the Hispanics call it the Russian football. You know, so the NFL needs to figure some things out. The NBA currently and and I said we we were talking about it during the summer that the NBA was winning the summer. Now they're winning the early part of the season. The NBA right now is a better product because they have more marketable stars that to me, that is the, the, the deciding factor as to why people are watching more basketball right now. And when, when me, Ken, and B, we be talking about basketball, sometimes, you know, or everybody that I talk basketball with, they ask me, hey, what's going on with Cleveland and, you know, Golden State? I'm watching the Young Guns. I'm mm-hmm. watching Philly. I'm watching New York. I'm watching Sacramento. I'm watching Phoenix as bad as they are. I'm watching the young talent that's in this league because they are truly captivating and they're ready to contribute right away. Where in the NFL, you don't have as many of those storylines. Yes, Carson Wentz is great. Yes, um, ah, the quarterback from the L.A. Rams. What's his name? Uh, Jerry Goff. 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 Jerry Goff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he, he had a bounce back sophomore season. You have a couple of storylines, but it's nothing like the NBA right now. And the NBA is just truly winning. And they need to get rid of Thursday night games because the NBA is beating their ass. Uh, uh, in terms of viewership on, on that day. And again, it's just not enough time to recover. It's, it's just simply not. Now, if, if if the NFL figured out a way to do it for every team coming off of a bye week, the previous right, week, right. then okay, that makes sense. You had time off, now you're, you know, play Thursday. Cool. It is what it is. I don't know how hard that is to schedule. I'm not a scheduling guru. I just know that they need to either figure it out to give the players more rest for a Thursday night game or just get rid of it altogether. That's a great point, man. And what people don't understand is that the 32 teams in the league and the, the way that they've scheduled is that 30 of the 32 teams have to play a Thursday night game. So, so we're going to see 
damn near everybody in the league at one point in time um, play on a Thursday night. And it's just, it's not, I mean, it, like I said, it's just not, it's not good football. And when you, for, for those of you listening, when you finish listening to this podcast, do me a favor, take five seconds to do, go look at this upcoming Sunday schedule and see who's playing who and make a mental note as to how many games that you would actually sit down, you know, assuming that you had the league pass that you would sit down and watch that. Honestly, they're not a lot of marquee games. You know, and the, the the teams that we end up seeing on TV, for those of us who don't have the, you know, the league pass, you keep seeing the same teams over. You're going to see Green Bay. You're going to see Dallas. You're going to see the Patriots. You know, you keep seeing the same teams over and over. Wherein in basketball, on a given night, if you don't have to have the league pass. I don't have the league pass, but almost every night there is a very compelling game. And like FIFO said, when you're going head-to-head with the NFL – NBA on Monday nights, their their uh, viewership is up over the over Monday night football, which at one point in time would never happen. And right now they're killing Thursday night football. Like I said, NBA's ratings up twenty five percent right now, and this is for a sport that people used to say didn't pick up until uh, you know until after Christmas. That's not the case. The NBA is winning, and the, and from the looks of it, they're going to keep winning. Um, speaking of the NBA, perfect segue. Uh, ball in the family. <laughs> Uh, it's been, we haven't talked on here in two weeks. So it's, it's been a, quite an eventful week, excuse me, eventful two weeks, uh, for the ball family. Um, Ken, as Ken alluded to earlier, uh, um, Lonzo did get a triple double. He was the youngest player in NBA history to ever record a triple double. Um, Lonzo's brother, <laughs> Leangelo, uh, got into a bit of trouble, as you all know. Uh, his team, UCLA, was over in China getting ready to play Georgia Tech. Uh, Leangelo and two of his other teammates allegedly uh, stole some sheets from uh, the Louis Vuitton store. Um, and so this sparked a natural controversy, and he was locked up, and 20 people, 20 cops came to his room, and we're hearing all these kind of crazy stories. Well, you know, he was over there for, I guess, for the better part of a week and a half or so. And we got notification today that after uh, the fellow in the White House spoke to the president in uh, China, that, you know, they were the players were released. So they are headed back. And if they haven't made it back to Los Angeles, they will be arriving shortly um, from China. Uh, now, there's still, I guess, pending charges. I'm not sure how the legal system works from this point on. But um it's been an eventful, you know, last two weeks or so for the Ball family. Not to mention Lonzo has struggled on the court. Even though, he, had, like Ken said, he had the triple-double, uh, his shooting woes, I think his shooting percentage dumped, dropped down to like uh, 26 27% uh, these last couple of weeks. And there's been, you know, talk of, amongst the so-called experts that maybe he should possibly change his shot uh, or his release point of his shot which I think at this point would be very difficult to do uh, given the fact that the season just started. But um, I'll start right there, man. Um, <laughs> before I'll start with you since you got a chance to see him when you guys went out to L.A. Uh, give us your take on, you know, this theft or this alleged theft and, uh, you know, what's going on with the shooting woes for uh, your man Lonzo Ball. Man, um, when it comes to, to Leangelo and, you know, what happened in China, look, we all have been dumb and young um, 
some more than others. And, you know, that 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 that, that was just a stupid thing. I, I just I don't understand, you know, like you're at the high end stores, you know, you ain't trying to steal that from Dollar General. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they could get damn less. Like, what type of profit margin do they have? But when you're talking about Gucci, Fendi, Ferragamo, all of this stuff, you're talking about, like, a pair of shoes cost you five grand. Mm. A, a pair of sunglasses or regular glasses cost you 2500 You don't think that they're going to have some 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 security in that mind? You don't think they're going to have some cameras? Like, come on, man. Come on, man. Like, that that is not the move. I, I, I really don't understand. I'm talking about, like, look, man, Leangelo, your younger brother drives a Lamborghini. You drive a Ferrari. What in the hell? Why do you need to be stealing anything? If you can't buy it, ask big bro, ask dad. And if they can't get it for you, guess what? If and when you make the league, you could buy it for your damn self. So I, I, I just, I don't understand. I'm glad that, uh, you know, I think any president that was in the office had to make that same phone call Donald Trump made. Um, because we're talking about UCLA three basketball players, uh, you know, like if you're, if you're playing for a small school, that, that call probably doesn't get made, but this is a major NCAA division one basketball, uh, uh, team, uh, players on that team. Like, yeah, that, that call's getting made now in terms of Lonzo. Uh, yeah, me and Ken, while we were out there in LA, we got to catch a game and man, he, you know, and, and me and my brother, we were talking about this too. The, Lonzo's biggest problem, I don't even think it's the jumper. It's the lack of aggression. The lack of aggression. And then when you try to pinpoint where that stems from, me and my brother, I think we, we, you know, just through talking and arguing basketball, I think we may have figured it out. Maybe he has just a lack of confidence at this level of basketball. Because you got to think at, you know, he's 6'5". He's always been a, a, a big guard through high school and college, he can out-athletic you. He can do things on the court, get wherever he wants to go. And maybe at this level, you know, he plays the likes of the Patrick Beverly the first night. He's played John Wall twice already, right? We're, we're talking about premier point guards in the world, not just out of California, you know, not just out of your little district in Chino Hills. We're talking about in the world. So maybe he's just not that confident right now. Uh, but again, he's he's had a triple double, youngest player to ever do so in the NBA. Also, he scored 29 points in his what second or third game um, against the Phoenix Suns that almost had a triple double that game. And then also, if you actually look at the shooting percentages from from the field and also from three and his stats through the first 12 or 13 games of the season, it's very comparable to Jason Kidd. He's pretty much one off in rebounds and assists and like maybe one or two off in, in points or right around the same. So if, if you look at this and if you guys go back, I said that he he's more of a Jason Kidd type player. Eventually, I think he'll figure it out. But I think for him to kind of just just snap and put himself back into the, 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 the company of the elite rookies this year. He needs to figure out how to be more aggressive. And what, what I was explaining to Ken when we were in L.A., being more aggressive does not mean taking 35 shots a game. It means attacking the defense off of pick-and-roll situations. The way, the way Lonzo likes to attack in the open court is to throw up the ball and put pressure on, on you know, during the fast break for early shots and easy shots and things of that nature, right? I, I don't have no problems with that. But he has to understand the difference of when to push the ball 
via the pass and push the ball via the dribble. There's too often of a time that he's passing the ball up and there's nothing there. If you want to put pressure on the defense, then you have to manufacture that pressure in transition. And, and that doesn't mean with the pass. It means with the dribble. Even if you're looking to the pass, you might get a layup. You might get a pass, but he has to just be more aggressive. He's just way too passive. When I watch him, I get angry. I am a point guard. I feel like I'm one of – I never made the NBA or nothing like that. But if you play with me, you know I'm an aggressive player. And when I'm too lackadaisical, whatever team I'm playing on suffers for that. And a lot of times the people I play with, they tell me, hey, Rob, hey, are you going to shoot? Because I'd rather be a pass-first point guard. But guess what? When, I, when I'm aggressive, it's hard as hell to stop me, let alone my team. So, so, so I, I, it just irks me to actually see how non-aggressive he is. He, he's just passing the ball and just, just standing and watching. When you watch Jordan Clarkson or Tyler Ennis, when they get into the game, if they make a pass, they're cutting through the lane. They're going, they're trying to get the ball back. Lonzo is watching the rest of the play after he makes one pass. That is not acceptable. He needs to understand. He needs to ratchet it up. He, the, the aggression needs to go up. And if I was Luke Walton during film, so I would have one-on-one with him. Hey, look, this, these possessions right here, I'm fine with you passing the ball. These two, three right here, you need to manufacture the pressure on the defense. So, so you, to me, it's a tweak. It's not wholesale changes. And I think people are too either too fast or, you know, to, to say, oh my God, he's a bust. I, mm. I, I, I just think that he need he just needs to tweak his game. I, I think I think when we watch him and he gets time and he's playing with confidence, he obviously can play this game. He just needs to be more aggressive. True indeed. True indeed. True indeed. What about you, uh, B? Um, <laughs> the balls, man. Uh, give us your take on, on Leandro's fiasco and uh, the shooting woes for Alonzo. Uh, you know, like like that parody account said, you know, uh, Leandro, he, he took he took balls game. He stole his game. <laughs> um, that's why <laughs> he stole his shot. That's why that's why ball is. That's why Alonzo is having such a bad turned out in the NBA as of, as of right now. But, um, yeah, man, you know, sometimes I try to give, like, you know, young dudes, kids the benefit of the doubt of, you know, making dumb decisions and stuff like that. But, like, the situation that he's in, why would, like people said, you're in a high-end store. You think they ain't going to know if someone's stealing their merchandise or not, man? Like, what is wrong with you, dude? Like, you have to make better decisions than this. I'm pretty sure your dad... I'm pretty sure your father has told you, all right, all of them. He probably told all his sons this because he know by them putting, bringing a lot of attention to his sons, he's going to be like, look, you guys are going to be on the spotlight, in the spotlight a lot more than y'all used to now. So please pay attention and make good decisions on what you're doing. I'm pretty sure he, he's preached that to all three of his sons, man. And it's like to see him go out there and make a bonehead move like this. It's like, come on, guy, what are you doing? You know, but to say, and then with Lazo. Um, like Ken, because I, I can't have mentioned it about him, him, him not having that aggression and everything. And it's like, you're right. He do have that Jay Cutler syndrome, where it's just like he just shows no emotion. He he plays or acts like he doesn't care. He's not engaged. Like as a rookie, you would think as a rookie, you should be. This is the time where you want to be the most engaged. You know, starting your NBA career. You know, and you having that nonchalant attitude. You know, people and if fans seeing that, if other fans seeing that and not buying into it. 
that's not a good look for the Lakers organization. I know Magic better he better put him to the side and be like, look, man, you know, look, you better X Y Z do something, 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 something because you know Lonzo Ball, you keep going down this road, you just gonna end up being considered as a role player, not a star in this league. So, man, better step it up. And Leangelo, man, please make better decisions. And I hope when he come back to the states, uh, you know, get ready to play his, you know, UCLA career, his one year career, which I'm assuming, but I think he might stay for another year. He should. But um, yeah, I, 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 I just feel bad for him making this dumb decision, man. He just have to make better decisions, man. Like, please, young brother, make better decisions. You, you, you in a, you in a great position right now, man. Your dad is setting you up. For your brand and you and you and your brothers, like don't mess this up, man. Do not mess this up because you do not want, you know, you don't want this to mess up your future, man. As as young as he is. Facts, facts, good point. Uh, what about you, Ken? Give us your take on Leangelo and Lonzo. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> um, Leangelo, 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 man. You let Nas down, man. You can't you can't go over there, man, trying to steal uh from the Chinese, man. You just can't do that. Um in the communist country. Right. 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 Uh you may be of similar color tone to them. <laughs> but that's about it. You find you uh, strapped up somewhere getting a bamboo stick on your back. Um <laughs> We praised LeVar Ball for the job that he did raising raising these kids. He managed to do a great job getting them to college. And one went out and made a, a boneheaded uh, mistake. Um, I think LeVar should, should definitely take it a lot more serious than, um, than he did. Uh, his nonchalant attitude wasn't the right approach, but it doesn't matter. Those are his kids. Um, it's up to him on how he want to look at it and how he wants to handle it. Um, but I know if that was me, I would have been over there. Uh, I would have had Ro- uh, Rosetta Stone on my iPhone <laughs> on my way to Ch- on my way to China. Trying to get my kids from out of there and, and letting them know that I, I'll take care of it. Because I would take care of it. Um, I, I I won't hold this against him. Because Leangelo is, is of age to make his own decisions. But I, I got to be honest, man. The, the optics of it didn't sit well with me. Because we had a a nuclear family, um, a guy that's running his own business that raised three black men, three black black boys to be men, and they've stayed out of trouble. Like, they were beating the system. And then you go out and do something like this. This is... It was disappointing, man. It was very discouraging because you play into the stereotype that exists out there. And I'm sure there were a lot of people out there saying that, see, they're all the same. Mm. They're all the same. And that was the one takeaway that I took from it is that, you know, 
when people look at this, to them it's just, there go another nigga. And Lonzo did a good job of, of outside of his theatrics and everything like that, um, avoiding that. Um, hopefully they take it serious and they learn from this mistake and, and they move forward because nothing in this world is given and anything that you've gotten can be taken away just like that. And mm. they were in a situation where that very well could have happened because they could still be over there and in jail mm. for five to 10 years. And just like that, their whole world shut down. And, um, and that's that, man. I, I'll just leave it at that, man. Um, that I was just, um, I'll let Lonzo LaVar handle his, his kids and how he wants to raise them. But for me, just looking at it, uh, from a macro perspective of how this just plays out, I just didn't like the way that it, it looked and that it played into just what people are already saying about black men and black people in general. And that was disappointing for me. Yeah, I, I agree, Ken. I, I felt the same way. Um, I was 18 once, you know. Uh, <laughs> I did dumb stuff at 18. Uh, I even stole something at 18. Or I think I might, maybe I might have been 17. And looking back on it now, you know, I, I stole some road signs. Don't ask why. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which are still at my mom's house, by the way. But that's another story for another day. Um, but yeah, me and my buddies, man, we just decided to steal some road signs. We stole some, and what was funny was we stole some road signs, threw them in the back of the car, and then we happened to get profile, and and the cops followed us home. And when I tell you that was like the longest five minute drive ever. Um, but you know, my thing with with that is we we. As kids, we do dumb stuff, but I, I was old enough to know better. And Leangelo was old enough to know better, as well as his two other teammates. And then here's the thing, too, Ken, and it touches on what you what you said, and I was thinking the same thing. Leangelo's, what, 6'5"? His other two teammates, I think, are like 6'8", six, 6'10". Six, You're in China. Three tall black men. You think they weren't watching you when you came in the store? I mean, like, <laughs> come on, man. They... I I think I can go without saying that the four of us have all been profiled at one point in time or another in a store. And maybe not profiled as a point where somebody accused us of stealing something, but they've watched us. That happens. Unfortunately, it's a part of the world that we live in. And you got to know better. Now, I will say this much. You know, they they really should be thankful because, you know, for all intents and purposes, they still could be sitting in a jail in China. And, and, you know, you, you when you commit crimes, you know, if that happened in West Hollywood, it's a slap on the wrist. They get arrested. They get bailed out. Community service, no problem. But, you know, they could still be over there. And, you know, at the time of this recording, they they are back in the United States. So, um, you know, hopefully it's a lesson learned. Uh, you know, I heard talk that and I'm almost certain that they're going to be suspended by UCLA in some shape or form or another. Um, I don't think they will be expelled. I heard that floating around, um, but that's a possibility. But I did hear that they, that they are having a press conference tomorrow at 11 a.m. Pacific time. And my guess is, is that if they're going to be at the press conference and they're going to read a statement, 
um, then they're still on the team. I don't think <laughs> I don't think they, if they were getting kicked off the team that they would be at the press conference. Um, as far as Lonzo, man, I don't really know what to say. I, I don't. People are saying that he should change his his uh, his shot. He's been shooting that way all of his life, so I don't really know that. And and again, like FIFO made a good point. You know, he's six five six six. I'm pretty sure when he was in high school and definitely in college, whoever was playing against him probably didn't have to. You know, they they probably couldn't. He was too big, or maybe they weren't quick enough to close out on his shot to block his shot. But you know, hey, this is the NBA now. You know, you're playing against guys just as big, if not bigger, guys who are fast. Um, give it some time. I, I I had a couple people ask me if I thought you know Lonzo was a bust, and I'm like, he ain't played 20 games yet. Let's give him some time. Um, jury's still out. I don't think, to Ken's point that he made earlier, I don't think Lonzo's going to be a, a, a super superstar like that. But you know, I I didn't think John Wall was going to be a superstar, and he is. So you know, sometimes it just takes time, and you know, we don't know. You know, the rumor mill has LeBron coming to L.A. next year. How how much better could Lee, uh, Lonzo Ball be if he was playing alongside LeBron? So y- you just never know. So I'm I'm not going to throw dirt on the kid just yet. You know, he's – I think the only piece of advice I would give to him is to not let his shots or the fact that his shots aren't falling get in his head. And I know that that's, a, that's easier said than done. And FIFO said the key word, confidence. And, you know, as much as we'd like to think that – you know, you, these guys make it to the NBA that they don't lack confidence. I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure they go through their moments where they're not, where the shots not falling, and they're, you know, they may be second guessing themselves. So, um, I don't know, man. I, I, I think he, I think he's gonna be okay. I think there's a lot of pressure, but the Lakers aren't gonna win anything this year, and you know, I, I think, I think they'll be okay. I'm interested to see how Leangelo situation works out. Um, you know. I'm pretty sure, you know, <laughs> whatever suspension that he's handed, you know, LeVar's not going to be happy. But what can LeVar say? You know, I'm going to take my kid off of UCLA's team. Okay, fine. You know, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, speaking of the NBA, man, uh, since the last time we spoke, man, we had a milestone happen in the NBA. Uh, my man Greg Popovich passed Phil Jackson for all-time wins as a coach. Uh, so it got me to thinking, man. And uh, and we had a debate on Twitter uh, whether or not it would be Greg Popovich or Phil Jackson. So, Ken, if, if you if you had a chance to to pick a coach, man, who would you pick? Who do you think had the better run, Phil Jackson or Greg Popovich, and why? Oh wow! Um, I mean, you know, my my favorite coach is is Pop. Um, so I, I I would pick him, and I think his 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 recent. Um, political stances um, just added to that. I, I loved him before all of that. Um, I didn't need him to do that for him to be a great, outstanding coach. That, that also just showed me where he st- he stands as a man, and um, you know, as a as a as a veteran of this country, um, he's to be applauded for that as well. Um, man, I, I wow. <laughs> Like the way you phrased it towards the end, like who had the better run, is kind of where uh, I I got a little tripped up because mm-hmm. Pop never won back to back titles like that. Um, most of his was was spread throughout uh, his tenure with with Tim Duncan, and um, but what we've we've seen with Pop over the years, especially since Tim uh, entered the twilight of his career 
and he's had to essentially rebuild with, with Kawhi is that this man can win with, with anybody. And he needs like that one guy and, and, and he can kind of build everything around that. And, um, I mean, he got guys out there that we've never even heard of, <laughs> you know, winning From places games. we never heard of. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really incredible to watch in a league that that's built around superstars where you need a superstar or multiple superstars to win. Um, Pop had Tim Duncan, and then he had David Robinson, and then he had pieces around him. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it went from Tim Duncan to what? Uh, Tony Parker, cool. yeah. Manu Tony Parker, Kawhi, yeah. You know, and Manu. these were late round draft picks. These were not lottery picks. They were drafted late, and they became superstars. So that that system, what they have there, and their ability to develop, and and Pop's coaching, man, puts him at a at a level that's that we haven't seen in quite some time, and he's still winning. And it's incredible. Um, I see someone that in Brad Stevens too, um, and it's okay. really playing out this year. Yeah, yeah, um, he's winning with and without Kawhi. <laughs> um, but I, I, man, damn, give me Pop, man, give me Pop. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and go go with Pop, man. Um, I just, the, you know, what, Ken? Let, let me give you a couple of numbers, and I might change your mind, maybe not. Uh, right now, like I said. He passed Phil Jackson. He's now sixth at eleven at the time he he passed him and he beat him at uh, uh eleven hundred fifty six wins. Now, of the coaches in the top ten, and like I say, Pop is six ahead of him is George Call, Pat Riley, Jerry Sloan, Lenny Wilkins, and Don Nelson. Don well Don Nelson is the longtime winning his coach at thirteen thirty five. Now, of the top ten. Pop has the second highest winning percentage at 69.4% uh, behind Phil. Phil's at 70.4. Uh, Pop's 166 playoff victories is the third most behind Phil at 229 and Pat Riley at 171. So before I move it to the fellas, Ken, I'm going to throw it back to you for one more question. If you give Pop what Phil had, meaning Jordan in his prime, Kobe in his prime, Shaq. Phil finished with eleven rings. You give Pop those teams. How many rings does Pop have? <laughs> Just as many. Just okay. as many. Yeah, I, I think he'll be right up there. I mean, look, let's not let's not disrespect the great Tim Duncan. He is the best power forward to ever play the game. It's not like he didn't have a, a like he he did it with with. You know, a B grade star. You know, Jordan is Jordan. Shaq is Shaq. Kobe is Kobe. You know, Pippen is Pippen. Tim Duncan is right there. You know, he's better than Pippen, but you guys get what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> right, right. I got you. You know, there's Jordan, there's Shaq, there's Kobe, there's Tim Duncan. So he had like one of the best players of all of, of all time at that four position, and he won five rings with him. So at the end of the day, you still need a guy, and he had a guy and he got it done you know so you give him lebron james can you imagine what pop would would have done with lebron man i don't even want to even want to go there but you know i don't think pop i don't think pop ever had less than 50 wins 
I don't think they've. I don't think, and I'll pull it up. I don't think he's ever had less than fifty wins, and I'm almost certain he's. If he he may have missed the playoff once. I don't know that he's missed the playoffs more than two or three times yeah, in his tenure. Right, he's done it within the organization. He's done it with the pieces he had. He didn't. He didn't jump to L.A. because he had the pieces to win. Like he took the pieces that he had and he made it work. Um, so yeah, I, I'll take Pop, man, because I know. He 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 can make something out of nothing when he has to. True indeed, true indeed. What about you, B? Uh, Greg Pop or uh, or Phil Jackson, man? Who had the better run? Ah, man, better run, Jesus. Um, I mean, I mean, if, I, if I'm. I'm putting personal in it. I'm sorry. I'm, t- I'm putting personal preference. <laughs> personal preference would be Greg Pop. I mean, you know, just because, you know, from the late 90s to pretty much now, Greg Pop won in a quote-unquote LeBron Shaq era and LeBron James era. You know, like he, he won in pretty much like two eras. Yeah, and granted, you know, he didn't win back-to-back, but the years that they didn't win – there was already there was always a one, two, or three seed. They was always either in the Western Conference Finals. You know, rarely, rarely Greg Pop get eliminated in the first round. But you always saw Greg Pop in that in that semifinals, Western Conference Finals, or finals, like every single season. And I and I, and I think Kyle might be right. I don't think he's never had. He, less oh, than I got to pull it up. He he had one losing. He had one season where he was under five hundred. Uh, that was his his rookie year as a coach in nineteen okay. ninety six. Right. He was uh, right. he was seventeen and forty six. Excuse me, seventeen and forty seven. And I, if I'm mm-hmm. not if I'm not mistaken, that that following year they drafted uh, Tim Duncan. I think right. Yep. Yep. They drafted Tim Duncan out of Wake Forest that year ninety seven because he got drafted in ninety seven. So yeah, like this this dude has been oh, yeah. so never, never, nothing less than fifty wins. I'm looking at it right now. Well, other than the that's, strike shortened season, but that was he had thirty seven right. thirty. That's insane, dude. That that that's pretty insane. And you know, and granted, of course, we look at the Phil Jackson. It's like, okay, yes, you had, you know, you had, you know, what many will say, arguably the greatest player of all time, and Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Then you had, you know, people argue one of the greatest duels of all time, and Kobe and Shaq. You know, you three peated with that, but man, but Greg Pop, just just, and I'm just looking just from a consistency standpoint, man. Like this dude is every year. Whenever we talk about all the glitz and glamour teams, it's like here comes San Antonio right there. Just think, they all they they was close. If Kawhi Leonard didn't get injured last season, we would have been probably looking at a Cavs versus Spurs finals because Spurs was looking like they was about to give um go. And at the time, Golden State was undefeated throughout the playoffs when they met mm-hmm. up with San Antonio in the West Conference Finals. So it's like. And and they was they was whooping their ass, but I mean you know beating them really good until Kawhi Leonard got injured, unfortunately. And it's just like you said, year in year out, we he, Greg Pop is winning with guys. Sometimes we never even heard of before. The way he's drafting, the way he's getting these players and turning them into like, who is this dude? Now you got him looking like a, a guy that belongs in the NBA with nine superstars. Like you said, you got that. You build you build around Tim Duncan. And put every, all the pieces around him, and you was managed to win in a Kobe slash LeBron era well, throughout all these years, man. That's crazy. And, and you know, and Shaq, you know, it's just like, yeah. If if it wasn't going through, if the West wasn't going through the Lakers, it was going through San Antonio. Like, 
that's how I was. And it's been like that for pretty much almost two decades, man, which is is insane. It's insane. Even, you know, we've been seeing Golden State dominate. But we still be like, well, you know, don't forget about San Antonio. Like, you mm-hmm. know, on a, on, a, on a bad night, Greg Pop can out, you know, he can out coach it and come up with some schemes. And, you know, you see what he did with LeBron James and the Miami, the Miami Heat squad, you know, whooped them up and, and uh, gave him a gentleman, a gentleman sweep. And um, before LeBron went back to Cleveland, it's just like, dang, like, you know, took out my Pistons the second year. We was trying mm-hmm. to go for our repeat and, and you know, took us out, you know, to stop us from getting our repeat in 2005. So, yeah, man, they got bodies, man. Like, Greg, <laughs> they have, if you, I'm just saying, if you just look at everybody they defeated throughout the last 20 years, they have bodies, man. It's like, Jesus, Phil don't have that. I mean, you know, got past the Pistons, but after that, like you said, we've always argued, like, Bulls teams, the teams they was playing in the finals is nowhere near the competition level of what LeBron James had to face or what Kobe Bryant has to face in the finals. So I don't know, man. I might have to give it to Greg Pop, man. That's just a personal preference. You know, I made my case of why, but, you know, I, I just got to go with Greg Pop. Got to go with Greg Pop on okay, that Okay, okay. What about you, FIFO? Uh, which one you think had a better run, man? FIFO, uh, not FIFO, <laughs> Phil or, uh, or Popovich? Oh, y'all motherfuckers crazy. But here comes Chicago. Nah, nah, nah. I'm, I, I, I'm going with Pop though. I'm going, okay, I'm going okay. with Pop for one for one reason, and it's Kobe. not the only reason, but the main reason. Not not even that. Come on, man. I'm not that petty. I am not that petty. Nah, look, adaptability. Mm, mm. Bill Jackson was not adaptable, and we seen it as a GM. He wants to run the triangle. He is antiquated. That is the problem with Phil Jackson. Greg Popovich, on the other hand, no matter what you gave him, he's going to make it work. He he was able to maximize the player. Look, what was Danny Green? Danny Green was barely drafted, played for Cleveland, couldn't get in the rotation. He goes to San Antonio. He is a key component to winning right. and in San That's Antonio. Crazy. If you go to San Antonio and you cannot contribute, to me, you don't belong in the NBA. Because if Pop can't maximize you, nobody can maximize you. You know, so for me, look, obviously 11 championships is extremely polarizing. Do I ever think another coach is going to get that? Hell no. Phil Jackson, I don't want to say he was lucky, but he was prepared and the opportunity came. And two opportunities to coach the two best shooting guards to ever play the game. To me, the best big man to ever uh, play the game that I physically watched. Mm -hmm. You know, I I know everybody could argue Shaq, but, um, you know, Phil Jackson was just at the right place at the right time. And he had a system that allowed the talent he had to thrive. But but whenever but we've never seen him have to do it without um you know, I guess he did do it without Jordan and still made it to the Eastern Conference Finals with Pippen. They still won 55 games that year without Jordan, but obviously they didn't win a championship. Obviously they weren't the same team. Michael Jordan was the difference. But you know, when I look at Popovich, man. He has done it with one guy, two guys, guy, like Ken said, guys drafted in the 20s and the 15s out of the lottery. So to me, that shows more of 
true coaching versus a system. You know, there's system coaches like a D'Antoni, like a Phil Jackson, where there's one thing that they know, they preach it, they're going to draft guys for it. Popovich don't draft guys for a particular system. Popovich draft guys that can play ball, and I will figure how to use you best. Mm. And to me, that's what true coaching is. It's not about always getting the most talent. It's about being able to make everybody play well together. And that is the one thing that Popovich does best out of any other coach I've ever watched play or watch coach in the NBA. Uh, and I'm not going to say, I think there's other guys up there. Don Nelson was, was, was one I think is highly underrated. It was way before his time, but Popovich man, for, for the most part, I, I look and Ken, Ken said it too. Like, it's not like he did it with chopped liver. Like he, he did it with Tim Duncan he did it with David Robinson. Both of those guys were very high draft picks. But beyond them, who else was? Kawhi mm. wasn't. Kawhi was drafted outside of the lottery. Right. And he only gave up George Hill to get him. You know, Sean Elliott was a key component. You know, he wasn't drafted high. Every Johnson was not mm. drafted high. Yes. So, so, so when we look at these teams that were put together for San Antonio during his run, it did not have the same level of individual talent that other teams did. And he still, like you said, Kyle, with, with, with the receipts, 50-plus games. Mm. What, like, So what's the secret sauce? It's Popovich. <laughs> Popovich is the secret sauce, so I'm taking Pop. Yeah, I I, 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 I got to agree, man. And I, I think – and that's no, it's no knock on Phil. I think Phil did a, a phenomenal job. You know, regardless of how people feel about him, he'll go down, obviously, as one of the greatest. You know, some people still view him as the all-time great. Um, but I look at Phil's 11 rings, and if I give Pop those teams that Phil has, I think Pop might come away with 14, 15 rings. Um, and, 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 again, it's no knock on Phil, but I, I because I think Phil came through at a time where you know, he was one of the things that I always liked about Phil is that he was very good at managing, you know, talent and personalities um, and finding ways to motivate guys. Um, you know, you look at that season where the Bulls went 72 and 10 and, you know, Rodman gets suspended for 10 games and, you know, finding ways to keep guys motivated and, and tuned in and plugged in. You know, that's that's a it's a very lost art as far as coaching goes. Um, but that being said, you give. Pop that particular. I mean, you give Pop Jordan and Pippen. It's it's scary as to what they would do, not just on the offensive end, but the defensive end as well. And I, I just think you know, I'm very impressed with what Pop Popovich and like you said, Ken. You know his his speaking on social issues is just like really the icing on the cake for me. But I think when it comes to X's and O's, you know, there, there's not anybody better. And I think if if it's, I'll put it like this. If <laughs> if a series is tied and I'm going to Game Seven and I needed, you know, one coach, I'm taking Pop. I'm taking Pop over everybody. You know, Phil. I don't think Phil is gonna. I don't think Phil is gonna rely on the X's and O's to get me to win. I think Phil would rely on Kobe or he'd rely on Jordan or Shaq. Uh, Pop again. He got it done with. I mean, think about it. Guys like Ginobili. We'd never heard of these guys. I, I saw Kawhi Leonard play in college, but I barely remember him. And this guy's a you know perennial All Star. And um, you know it's not. It's it, some people will say it's. The, I don't even think it's the system. It's Pop. Pop is the the X factor. And you you know we all 
wondered how you know San Antonio would look after Tim Duncan retired. Look at him. Like B said, I mean, they're, you know, at the very least, if Kawhi doesn't go out, we we're probably looking at a six, maybe seven game series with the Warriors. And, you know, so I nah, I'm give me pop. Give me <laughs> give me pop all day. <laughs> I'm taking Greg Popovich every single time. Um now we're coming to the conclusion of the podcast. As we always mention, man, we definitely thank you all for tuning in and uh, hitting us up. Make sure that you, if you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. A uh, little game we like to play, man, uh, before we close out, uh, one got to go. Uh, this is not from me. This is from uh, the homie Eclectic on Twitter. You can follow him at Eclectic on Twitter or you can follow at one, the number one got to go. Uh, so we give you a couple of topics or a couple of um it's four things, four choices to make. You pick one, you know, to leave forever. And uh, it's pretty simple, you know. So when you see it on Twitter, you know, share the love, if you will. Um, so I got a couple here. Let's go NBA. Uh, let's go. Ken, I'll start with you first. NBA power forwards. All right. Chris Webber. Sean Kemp. Larry Johnson, Kevin Garnett, one got to go. Damn, Grandmama. <laughs> ah. Um, man, Weber, Weber was so nasty, man. Like, it's almost like he he was ahead of his time with the things that he could do on the court. Then Sean Kemp, the Rain Man, <laughs> man, uh. And man, come on, man, KG, man, like, <laughs> right? You, 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 you need, you need a guy like that on your squad. So, uh, let's get rid of the guy wearing the wigs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, 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 the first uh, Tyler Perry. <laughs> <laughs> he was, wasn't he? <laughs> People, what about you, man? One got to go. Chris Webber, Sean Kemp. Larry Johnson and KG. The one I gotta go is Sean Kemp, and the only I was a big op, look, look. Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, Dale Ellis, oh Nate McMillan, Nate McMillan. I've named the squad. I love that squad, but the the only reason I'm I'm, I'm letting him go is longevity. The other guys outlasted yep. him. I completely, completely agree with people. Completely agree. Ed too busy. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! I'm, I'm, I'm picking Sean Kemp too because nah, once the NBA had it. that lockout, he gained that weight. <laughs> it was a wrap. He did. It was a wrap. Hey, was that a wrap. So, yeah, I got to base off. I got to go off longevity, man. Okay, I, I got okay. at least at least with Larry Johnson, we saw a little. We saw his old man game. Like we, we sure saw did. when the athletic went away. Yep. We saw his old man game in those later in Knicks years. In the he shooting threes. That's right. That's right. Yep. So, so I got it. I got Sean Kemp. Got to go for me. I completely agree with Fifo. Oh my. God. Okay. Um. I, I'm agreeing with Ken, man. I got to get rid of Grandma Ma. Um. Phenomenal player, though, man. Phenomenal. So he's in the NBA, man. He, you know, for balling. Yeah, and you know, and I, I think Larry Johnson, man, could have been even better had he not hurt. You know, got his back hurt, but mm-hmm. um. Yeah, but Weber, Sean Kemp, KG, I, I can't touch him. I can't. Oh, touch wait him. a da- wait a wait a damn minute! Thank What's up? Shout out! Shout out to Basketball Reference. Uh, y'all tripping? 
Sean can play way more games than Larry Johnson. Longevity, mm. my behind. But what like, I, what, that's because he came out of high school, though. Exactly, and and Larry, Larry Larry Johnson played more meaningful games than Sean Kemp did. Larry Johnson had more moments than Sean Kemp did. Larry Johnson was an old man in the NBA. Sean Kemp went too early. When by the time he was playing for the Cavs, it was a wrap for Sean Kemp. Larry Johnson was an <laughs> old man. Larry Johnson was an old man after five seasons. Isn't that when he hurt his? But when he went to New yeah. York, he hurt his back when he signed. That he contract. was still bowling. We we saw his old man game. Yep, okay. twelve and five, and he was clutch. Nate, yeah. outside of that dunk that uh, Sean Kemp had on Chris Gatling, the Golden State Warriors. What big <laughs> moment has Sean Kemp had? But well, hold on, hold on. FIFO, come on. FIFO, fi- go, go back to the finals. Go back to the finals. He was, he was giving them the work now. Man, come on, man. He look, come on, man. Like, 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 but but he he didn't he didn't have no moments. Name me a Sean Kemp moment outside of the Chris. You don't Gatton. remember the uh the slam dunk contest? I'm no, talking we about in game. Give me an in game moment outside of the dunk on Chris Gatlin. That Sean Kemp had. I'll wait. He had plenty of moments. Sean Kemp played 14 (laughs) seasons. Let's take away the three, the last in Orlando and the two in Portland. So that puts him at, what, 11? 11. And and Johnson played 10. Okay. And his last year in New York. Who was more impactful? All I'm saying is Larry Johnson – had big moments with New York. He he was what, what, what was it like the second, maybe the second overall eight seed to make it to the finals. Larry Johnson was a big part of that. He made big shots against Miami. Come on, man! Like what are we talking about here? Larry <laughs> Johnson at the end of his career, obviously he wasn't the guy no more, right? Like 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 he wasn't the guy. But this guy had moments. He had key moments in playoff games. Look look look. Since you're on Basketball Reference, Ken, look at their playoff numbers, and I'll wait. Okay. Especially and, – and how, and how many seasons did Sean Kemp even play in the playoffs? Uh, he had seven – he had eight years. Wait, actually, yeah, he, he played uh, seven, eight, nine, ten. He played yeah. ten years in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now, did, now look, like he, he rolled the coattails of Orlando and Portland. So I'll give him eight. So let's t- okay. we're taking away Portland and Orlando. So that's eight. Larry Johnson playoffs. Uh, six. And four of those was with New York. The two, the time period that you two were talking about, and he went mm-hmm. twice with Charlotte. Yep. Sean Kemp, and, and, though. And, and, and see, <laughs> and, and, and Charlotte was a young team. A young Lonzo Morning, young Larry Johnson, Muggsy was, you know, I, I guess a little older. You know, they had Dale Curry. Come on, man. You, you tricked. <laughs> man, Sean Kemp from age one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight straight years in the playoffs. Seven with Seattle as the man. Come on, man. Come on, Sean man. Kemp was the man? Him yeah. and John Payton? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I put it to you like this. If you take Sean Kemp off of that roster, that's still a playoff team. You take Gary Payne off of that roster. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I agree. 
the games were different. That, but they're not a final. Team. The games was different. What Peyton was? Look, Peyton was the. <laughs> <general>. <laughs> Uh, you know, man, let's move on. We'll we be arguing this all day. Um, oh, man, I just lost it. Uh, let's go. You know what, man? Let's take it to pop culture. Let's go movie villains. Movie villains. Um, B, I'll start, first, I'll start first with you. Uh, movie villains. Doughboy from Boys in the Hood. Old Dog from Menace to Society. Rico, played by Cameron, paid in full. Or Bishop, Juice. Mm. One got to go. Mm. Uh, uh, Cam, uh, Rico. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I got to go with Rico on that one, man. Cam played that role. And maybe, maybe, maybe it's a little nostalgic for me because, you know, all the rest of them is like, you know, back in the days for me. So it's like, you know. Yeah, Doughboy, Old Dog, like yeah, all that, all that is nostalgic for me. So yeah, by the time you know Cameron Rico, I'm I'm already I'm already in my twenties watching that. So <laughs> I, yeah, I don't I don't yeah I don't, yeah maybe the other ones, but yeah, yeah, Bishop Bishop was was iconic. Yeah, I mean yeah, like all those other three was like freaking iconic, man. I I don't know if we really looking at Cameron playing Rico as iconic as Old Dog, Doughboy, and Bishop. Nah. That's the easy, that's the easy pick for me. Yeah, gotcha, camera. Gotcha, gotcha. What about you, FIFO? And, and, and the acting was the and the acting was the least. Camera <laughs> uh, acting was was it wasn't horrible. It wasn't I horrible. Was, I thought it was, it was like, pretty good, man. It wasn't touching Cube, uh, Tupac, nah. and um and uh, Lorenz Tate. No, no, no. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? Uh, Doughboy, uh, Old Dog, Rico, or Bishop? I, I'm with B on this one too. Um, yeah, the the other three characters are just more iconic. Cameron did an amazing job because Paid in Full is one of my favorite movies too. But you know he he just doesn't measure up to the other three. You know, and, and he and he was a grinding mug too. Yeah, he was. Like, he that was. dude, man. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that's thirteen bricks right there in, in that bag right there. <laughs> man. But no, nah, I got I got to let Rico go. What about you, Ken? Yeah, I, I agree, uh, Rico. Let's let's get him up up out of here because, um, much like like Ralph, um, Painting Full really kind of became like a hood classic, mm-hmm. and it didn't really break mainstream like that. And um, yeah, you know, and Painting Full is kind of whack anyway. So you tripping? Um, nah, Painting Full is <laughs> a good movie, man. It's a good movie. <laughs> tripping like a motherfucker. Hey, my favorite line: "Pull your tripping. skirt down, B." <laughs> that was my favorite line. Cameron was on it. He's like, pull your skirt down, B. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got to get rid of Cameron. And, and again, I was, I thought, it, it, like you said, it wasn't as iconic as the other roles, but I was very impressed, man. I, I didn't, when I heard about the movie, I'm like, Cameron, what is Cameron, Cam, what is Cameron going to play? But nah, he did his thing, man. He definitely, definitely did his thing. All right, I got two more. Um, let's go back to the NFL. Uh, FIFA, running backs. Uh, let's go Le'Veon Bell, um, Leonard Fournette, uh, Todd Gurley, and what's my man name right here? I forgot his name just that fast. Um, 
running back from Buffalo. What's the kid's name? LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy. McCoy. I, I draw a blank. So, okay. So, Todd Gurley, um, Le'Veon Bell, Fournette, and LaShawn McCoy. Uh, which one's got to go? Take Shady out of here. Oh, Take I'm more Shady. Shady. Out of here. Nah, Shady. Because, because the other three are overall better backs. Now, Sh- now Shady got the shake and bake. Uh, he don't really run between the tackles like that. He's a little bit more finesse than power. Um, you know, he, he can make you shake, and, and he got to the to the house. But when you look at Todd Gurley, that's a physical specimen. He could do it all. He jump over you, run through you, catch the ball, uh, flip over you. Hey, don't matter. And then you're not gonna catch him. Leonard Fournette, hey, hey, pro, pro, hey, hit him in the a gap. And move the hell out the way. <laughs> you know, like that that's the type of running back that, that's easy to to build to, to build the offense around. Just 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 give him the ball. It don't matter where you give him the ball. Uh, and then Le'Veon Bell, you, the reason why I can't get rid of him is because I've been watching the NFL for a very long time, and I've never seen a running back be able to run the way he runs the ball. Like it's mm-hmm. it's weird because it's almost like he's too patient. It's almost mm-hmm. like he's always just jumping. It's like he's not even running. It's like he's jumping around. Like, okay, where am I going to go? Oh, there I go. And, mm-hmm. and, and he's out of there. I, I, I just, I can't explain it. I don't know how he does it. But Shady got to go. Okay, okay. What about you, B? Uh, Gurley, Fournette, Shady, or Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, Shady, just off the simple fact, I think he's probably like the oldest out of the rest of these backs. Um, you know, he got his time, man. He's a vet. He got his stripes. But I just think looking new and, new and improved, busting through the scene, I think the rest of these backs, you know, yeah, Gurley, I think I think uh, Leonard for that, I think he's going to be a good bet. As long, long as he stay healthy, I think he's going to mm-hmm. be a, a, one, of the, one of the premier backs in the next five to seven years. Um yeah, I, I, yeah, just Shady McCoy. I, I just think just the, you know, he's the oldest one out of, out of all of them. I yeah. think he's about to be on his way down. So, yeah, I got to go with Shady McCoy. What about you, Ken? Yeah, I concur, man. Um, look, I, I, I've been saying it on, the, on this program for some time, man. People don't talk about Fournette en- enough. We're talking about the new AP. That that dude is, is the truth, man. And um, Gurley. You know, after a down year, he's showing his talent uh, this year. Um, mixture of speed and power, almost like a new, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to say Eric Dickerson, but yeah, he, he got that that nice blend of power and speed. Uh, man, FIFO is playing the best with with uh, Lashawn McCoy. I mean, not Lashawn McCoy, but uh, Le'Veon Bell. Man, like. Mr. Toe Tap himself, like you don't, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're gonna do with him, man. You 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 reaching for ankles that that won't be there. Um, so yeah, uh, McCoy's having a down year this year. I blame coaching, not necessarily his talent um, or lack thereof. But but yeah, man, you you get him in open space, man, you're in trouble. If you come in to try to tackle him, it's not gonna happen. But compared to everybody else. Nah, like he needs like more around him in order to be successful, and I think the others can kind of make stuff happen a little bit more on their own than he can. Okay, okay, yeah, I'll complete the group, man. I I got to get rid of Shady. I think um, 
I think he's probably on his on the downside. Uh, you know, he had a great run, like B said. He he's got his stripes for for sure. But um, you know, Gurley. I mean, we didn't know what Gurley was going to be at the Torres knee, but I mean, he's come back better better than ever. Um, Fournette is is the truth, and um, Bell is special. Like people said, you, you don't see backs run like that. I mean, it, it's unreal. And and you know, the success I think this year of the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to depend on you know not just whether or not Ben can you know navigate them down the field. Um, but you know, if you've got a great Le'Veon Bell running the ball, you know, I think they got they got just as good a chance as anybody is knocking off the Patriots. So. I'm interested to see how that plays out plays out in the playoffs. Um, last one, let's go hip hop. Uh, hip hop cruise. Hip hop cruise. Um, let's see. We we'll start first with FIFO. Uh, let's go. One got to go. Def Squad. G Unit. The Locks. Dipset. One got to go. Death Squad. Who's in Death Squad? Death Squad. That would be Keith Murray, Red Man, Eric Sermon. Mm, I might have to say G Unit, even though I really. Ooh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, I might. I might have to say the G Unit. G, G Unit was hot, but the way Gang tore them boys apart. Oh man, I, like you can't say the same for the other groups. Um, no, no, nobody like ever really came at them other groups like that. And if they did it, like it, it really wouldn't be that, that, that good for them. Um, you know, the fact that game survived and he dropped 500, like it, it look for, for everybody listening, if you haven't heard 500 bars by the game, oh my God, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I think that's a very underrated disc record. Like people, pe- people don't talk about it as the, one of the greatest disc records, but anyway, um, Dipset man, they, they they killed the the late nineties, early two thousand. They did man. like they beats and and just their whole swag, just like their whole movement. No nobody was really moving like that. Uh, the locks, they still making music. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? J- J- Jada is 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 one of the most underrated, one of my favorite all time. Um, so I'm definitely not moving the locks. And then Death Squad, you know, all three of them dudes is is, is OGs, man. Like you know what I'm saying? Like. So nah nah G Unit G Unit had the had the weakest crew because <laughs> I, I I'm just being honest outside of fifty you know L- Lloyd Banks was nice but he only had a little run and Tony Yayo was strictly the homie so hell nah he was nah, the nah, shooter nah. he was- <laughs> <laughs> man they, get, get G Unit out of here G Unit uh, okay 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 what about you B uh, Def Squad G Unit the locks. How about you, unit? You ain't got to finish. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ken? Man, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, Ralph. I thought you were gonna get rid of Death Squad, man. I, <laughs> I thought we were gonna have have to have words. <laughs> nah, man. Nah. Yeah, man. Uh, nah, G Unit got to go. I mean, when they they released two lackluster albums. Um, that didn't live up to to par, and then they just disbanded, and we saw like separate. They just were not up to snuff. So, nah, nah, they had to run, but get them out of here, man. I I'm gonna get rid of G Unit too, but it, it came as a caveat. If G Unit had kept game, I probably would have got rid of uh, Dipset. 
But since they didn't keep getting, because I wasn't like a big fan of Dipset, but I, I here's the thing that that me always, imp- huh? I said me either. Yeah, here's the thing that always impressed me about Dipset, and it goes back to what people just said. Like that late, was it late '90s or early 2000s? The little four or five year run that Dipset had, it wasn't too many crews that was touching them, regardless of whether or not you liked them or not. Man, Jim Jones and Camp, they, they the run that they had was was a pretty dope run, and I think. You know, particularly, and it wasn't until I had a couple of conversations with, you know, some cats that follow us on Twitter because there was a, a younger generation of hip hop fans who got into, you know, I heard I had some people tell me, like, look, like Dipset was their introduction to hip hop. I was like, wow, damn, that's crazy. And like, you never really think about it like that. But um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting rid of G unit because if you take 50 away, um, you know, I mean, that like you said, Ken, those. That first album was okay. The second album, uh, and I, I, I don't even remember Lloyd Banks' album. And Young Buck had a his album was okay. I don't remember the Tony Yayo album. Did he ever have a solo album? If he did, I never listened to it. So I think he did. <laughs> so anyway. That's one got to go, man. Shout out to the homie Eclectic. Uh, now it is time for our closing thoughts. Uh, just some parting shots to end the podcast. Uh, FIFO, you're up first. Damn. Where, 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 where do I go? Where do I go? I know where I'm going to go. I know where I'm going to go. Because you know what? FIFO logic is is <laughs> is extremely great. And, and for those that, that, that go by FIFO logic, you know, I, I applaud you because because I went against my own damn logic, and, and you know what, man? Like never again, never again will I go against my own damn logic. <laughs> you cannot trust no motherfucking Georgia team, not a one of them, not a one. I am so pissed off because you know what? I started this year off truly believing the Falcons and the Bulldogs were the real deal. Now the Bulldogs they can still come back. They're either going to play Alabama or Auburn again, and, and they can make their redemption. They can make it to the playoffs, and they can make it to the championship. But this, they weren't supposed to lose, first and foremost. And second of all, if you're going to lose, you can't lose like that. You got to lose on some field goal last second. You got to lose on some fumble. You got to lose on some BS. You can't lose like that. You mm. can't lose like that. Come on, man. Come on, man. No, nah, man, you can't trust no Georgia teams. I'm going to leave it there before I just go in. Because I'm going to lose it. I'm going to damn lose it. No doubt. No doubt. What about you, B? Your final thought? Uh, my final thought is I'm just really excited for the young NBA stars that's that that's in the league. I think I think, you know, looking at a – Post LeBron, post Durant era, I think I think the NBA is in good hands, man. With with a lot of group of group of young talent, young superstars that we got coming into this league. Or that's in the league right now. You know, rookie, second year, third year guys or whatever. I I think the NBA is in good hands, man. And I always like seeing. I like you know when we start seeing the transition of you know the era of superstars. You know, you know we've seen it. You know from the from the Dr. J's to the Isaiah Thomases to the Grant Hills, Pennies, the, you know, the T Max, Jason Kids to, you know, the the 
just the, the, just to keep seeing the torch, the Kobe's and LeBron's, the D Wade. Like we just keep seeing that that, that the passing of the era of the superstars. And I think I think we we starting to kind of see that transition now, just from like last year and these next like three four years. Man, we're gonna really start seeing the transition of the next era of superstars in the league. And I think the NBA is in good hands, man. I think with the young group of superstars that's in this league, man. So I'm happy about it, man. You know, I'm 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 happy about the uh, NBA right now. True indeed. True indeed. Same here. What about you, Ken? Papa John's. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Papa John's. Uh, good timing because tonight they uh, they issued a statement apologizing for their divisive comments um, about their declining sales and blaming it on the NFL and the protest uh they tweeted the statements made on our earnings call were describing the factors that impact our business and we sincerely apologize to anyone that thought they were divisive that definitely was not our intention we believe in the right to protest inequality and support the players movement i'm surprised they actually said inequality but okay uh to create a new platform for change we also believe together as americans we should honor our anthem there is a way to do both. We will work with the players and and lead to find a positive way forward, open to ideas from all except neo-Nazis, middle finger, those guys. Um, I don't believe you. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't. Great statement. I don't know who wrote it, <laughs> but good job. Love the little keywords you dropped in there. Uh, protest inequality, believing in the right. Uh, supporting the players move to create a new platform, um, you know, work with the players to find a positive way forward. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. Sure. You are. Um, you said what you meant and you meant what you said. You are trying to correct the, 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 the miss. I don't even know if, it was a, if he misspoke. You're just trying to fix this backlash that you've received i told my entire family and i tweeted this and kyle you had already been boycotting them but i made it public that we were not supporting them anymore i sent the uh told the missus to hit the group thread and tell the whole family and it shows that when we take a stand we can also impact change on our end you know, it, it, I want to watch the NFL, but you know, this is my way of, of boycotting. And I think my story isn't being told enough. We all hear about the story from last year of when, uh, people that didn't, that said they were going to boycott it because the players are protesting. What about guys like me who are boycott, boycotting this year impacting the ratings because of what they did to Colin Kaepernick? Um, so there's both sides to both stories, and that's why the ratings are the way they are. Papa John's um, believed in money more than the players' right to protest, and apparently they forgot that black folks buy pizza too. <laughs> <laughs> so in bunches, yeah, and uh, we did buy Papa John's pizza, but no more. And I, I want to see what they do moving forward. 
Um, because, Kyle, yeah, you reminded me about what he said about Obama. I totally forgot about that and the whole mm-hmm. African thing. And that just uh, – you just reminded me about that, and that added more to it. But I want to see what they're going to do. Are you going to live up to the words you tweeted tonight? Because action speaks louder than words. Kaepernick has actions behind his his kneeling, and that's why we take him serious. And I want to see what Papa John's do. And once I see that, then – I will make a decision on whether or not I will uh, pass the word for us to lift our boycott, our family-wide boycott of Papa John's. Thankfully, my son likes Pizza Hut more than Papa John's <laughs> anyway. So, <laughs> but so, so there's that. But um, but yeah, uh, great statement, well written, but I'll rather see it in action then read it no doubt no doubt uh my final thought man goes back to the man that you just mentioned man colin kaepernick again gotta salute uh gq magazine for naming him the citizen of the year uh i think a lot of times you know we would always hear when we were coming up you know you got to stand up for something you know if you don't stand for something you'll fall for anything you know, we've talked about Colin, Colin, you know, at nauseum on this podcast. But again, I want to thank him for standing up for something that he believed in. Um, and more importantly, his his silence has, you know, really changed a lot because even yes. in his silence, he said a lot because his message hasn't been distorted. His message has always been the same. It's always been constant. And it's always been consistent. And at the end of the day, that's all that you can ask for. Now, you know, I'm, as much as I would love to see it happen, Colin Kaepernick is not going to get another job in the NFL. And contrary to what Warren Moon decided to say, no, he didn't hurt himself by filing a, a lawsuit against, uh, filing a collusion suit against the NFL. He's going to win that, and he's going to get paid. And you know, he's come to grips with the fact that it may be over for him. And that's OK. It's bigger than the fight. And 15, 20, maybe 30 years from now, you all will look back and understand what it is that he did and how courageous he was in doing it. And you may not love him now, but I'm sure you'll love him 20 years from now. Thanks again for checking out another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. We like to do this every week. We drop the podcast every Wednesday. Uh, So for B, for Ken, for FIFO, I'm your man, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Money over bitches. (laughs) You stupid, man.